Welcome to The Screen Queen, the show where I'll be talking about your favorite show or your favorite movie. You'll just have to find out what you're about to know. This is your Screen Queen, your host, Samantha Parrish. Hello there and welcome back to the show. This is your Screen Queen, your female Tarantino, your host, Samantha Parrish. Thank you so much for tuning in. So, this episode is honestly going to be probably one of my first favorites because we're talking about a character that I have been wanting to see for so long, but not everyone was on board with me. I don't know how you feel about Venom, but Venom has a bit of a really weird history. Even though Venom is known as the anti-hero in the Marvel comics, I did not get into the character of Venom until I was about 21, 22 years old, and I followed Venom after I got into Spider-Man, and he became one of my favorite characters. The weird thing, though, is the more I dived into seeing more about Venom's character and trying to find him in the other Spider-Man animated series, and of course, I did have to go back and rewatch Spider-Man 3 now that I'm like, okay, so now you're my favorite character, though... I don't think he was everyone's favorite character back then because of the way people are divisive about Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3. We'll get into that much later on. And then finally, after 11 years, Venom finally hits the screen for his own standalone movie that would really be a game changer to making Marvel movies about the characters like Venom that wouldn't be associated with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but... Still, Venom's gotta get his story some way, and finally the day came. People were a bit divided. People really weren't quite sure what to make of Venom. Uh, Upon the weeks of the release, a slew of negative reviews came in. And I myself was one of those people when it came out that I loved it. Even if I wasn't a Venom fan, I still loved it because of the way I look at film as trying not to critique it solely because of its source material and just enjoying it and seeing it for what it is. And over time, like, my friends who are really big Marvel fans at the time, they boycotted the film. They're like, "Uh uh-uh, no way. I don't want to see it. I don't want anything to do with it. It's not a part of Marvel. But then, as time went on, my friends watched the movie and they accidentally loved it. They were so shamed and it was so funny. I'm not going to call anybody out because I'm not going to reveal them. But they acted like they were trying to be very conspicuous about it. And they're like, I liked it. They didn't want to publicly admit that they liked Venom, even though it's not bad to like this movie. There's nothing shameful about it. It's just a very fun, weird, witty, violent comic book movie. Well, not as violent as something like Spawn or preacher the fact that venom has strangely now aged well and it's in this comfortable norm where people like it for the fact that it's an absolute mess but the best kind of mess to watch there are several personal reasons that i love venom i love the fact that this is such a very weird character to trust of all of the history of anti-heroes venom has strangely been one character that even though he doesn't have the best intentions he's going to be a parasite of his word and he's going 
to do what he can to help out. And there's also been a lot of really bizarre things that's happened because of him. Other Marvel characters were turned into symbiotes as well. But still, at the end of the day, he's a lovable little symbiote that does do good for the Earth. And it's kind of strange to look at it like this is supposed to be a bad guy, but it's a bad guy with some kind of integrity and morality. You know, some. Some. Not all, but some. That was like the first character that truly felt individual. It had like an identity. Venom's story has been recreated a lot, as well as his relationship with Eddie Brock. I mean, let's face it, they're married, they act like it. <laughs> but another reason I want to talk about the character of Venom before I get into talking about the movie is Venom strangely helped me out with my depression, which is kind of weird to have to think about it. Usually something that's like dark and brooding and not having the greatest ideas would not be something to look at to help with depression. But here's why. With the way Eddie Brock's character was in all of his heartbreaking beginnings as a child, what he went through with his very toxic family, various things for his profession as a reporter, blogger, whatever it is that he does with the news, they kind of changed up a bit. He had to make an acceptance of his demons when Venom basically interweaved into his body. I don't want to say came into his life because I don't think he had a say in it, unfortunately. It just kind of happened. And then they just kind of made like a very comfortable acceptance of it all. Taking the symbiote out of the equation and looking at Eddie Brock's character as a whole, it strangely gave me a strong sense of comfort to see a character that basically had to make an acceptance of his inner demons. And knowing okay, I accept that this bothers me. I accept that these things happened to me and things will get better and I'm stronger than these things. Like, he didn't want to just push things off and be like, oh no, I have no problems or oh no, this hasn't happened to me. Like, he fessed up. He's like, I'm a messed up man. Like, I really like that about his character. I don't think I've ever really seen a character that flat out will be aware of his problems and doesn't run away from them kind of, but then again, I feel like you can associate this character with depression in a big way than having to look at it as a whole thing with Venom. But that's just my personal take, and that's honestly why I love Venom so much. I became the biggest fan of Venom. I had a wallet, I, I had necklaces, I went to go see the movie, and now we're finally getting to the point of what happened upon the movie. So now that I've gotten my personal tidbits out of the way about Venom, I want to talk more about the history of Venom prior to the movie coming out in, what was it, 2018? Yeah, 2018. I had to think about it for a second. It was, it feels like it was so long ago. Venom had a bit of a strange plan afterwards that there was going to be more to Sam Raimi's uh, Spider-Man series. And Topher Grace was waiting for that phone call. I remember seeing an article a long time ago that Topher Grace was still waiting on the phone call to play Venom because he truly enjoyed playing Eddie Brock Venom so much. Now, even though I said at the beginning that people were very divided about Spider-Man 3 and they really did not like the fact that Topher Grace went from foreman to whatever the heck he was trying to be, 
personally, I didn't hate Topher Grace as Venom, and I'm not saying that because I love the Venom character, but looking at Topher Grace's venture into playing Venom primarily to break typecasting, it makes me go way easier on his performance now, and now I don't have to look at him and just go, what in the hell is Foreman doing? And knowing that it's just something that he tried out. I I can't really hate on an actor that is literally just trying to make some new waves by trying something different. Unfortunately, that day never came for Topher Grace to reprise his role since he really did enjoy playing Venom and would like a second shot at being able to do something different, sort of similar to Ryan Reynolds playing Deadpool from knowing that there was an absolute mess that happened in X-Men Origins Wolverine and getting to do the uh, separate movie entirely about Deadpool and getting the chance to do that. Topher Grace wanted something similar to the Ryan Reynolds path, but that day never came for Topher Grace. But when it comes to people that play Venom, I don't think we're going to forget Tom Hardy's performance for a very long time. And I say that because I think people are really accepting and warming up to Tom Hardy being Venom. If there's something that really shocked people was that they weren't divided about Tom Hardy playing Venom. It was just the fact of the idea of the story of Venom. People just did not know what to make of it. But Tom Hardy carried the story. He really makes the movie. And whenever you hear about a certain actor playing a comic book hero, you hear things like, oh, that's Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man or, or that's Michael Keaton's Batman. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people like me are going to be saying, oh yeah, that's Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock or that's Tom Hardy's Venom. He really does make the movie. I don't know if there's anyone else I could think of afterwards to play Venom, I didn't really have a particular cast in mind who could play Venom. It was pretty much one of those roles that anything goes. You could get anyone to play Venom as long as they did the character right. But the one beautiful thing that I loved about the Venom movie that was a very welcomed beautiful change was the the humor really makes the movie. It's weird having to look back on Venom and know that this movie's primarily action and a little bit of sci-fi horror but damn it's funny look at Mulan Mulan is supposed to be a Disney war movie but it has so much comedy in there that you kind of forget the advertising really tried like really made this look like it was gonna be some kind of a cutthroat movie but you got so much humor in there there are so many humorous moments from all of the characters who primarily are not comedians, but they have great comedic timing. I heard there was a lot of Ren and Stimpy that went into the inspiration of Venom. Like, that really makes a lot of sense now that I think about it. It's a certain type of humor that it wasn't trying to make it be some other kind of humor. They knew that Venom primarily had to have this witty, sarcastic, dry, dark humor. And it really pushes the film to be great. If it didn't have the humor, it would be a very stale movie. You would have your great horror moments and your sci-fi moments and your action moments, but the comedy is like the mayonnaise to this film. It just keeps it all together in this wonderful sci-fi sandwich. 
There are so many moments I left during the theater when I went to go see this with the first introduction of Venom being that he shows his eyes through Eddie Brock's face kind of just showing the the beginning stages sort of like a peekaboo and then it makes Eddie run back into his shower and he fell like <laughs> that was so great oh my goodness that was an introduction I didn't think of but that really makes it better than having him just you know emerge through and make it be known like hey I'm in your body and this is what I look like but the fact that you get these little snippets that you get parts and pieces of venom as it's slowly growing through his body to take everything over and the fact that Eddie is strangely kind of okay with it if you really look at the way they progress Eddie Brock's character is that he kind of reacts to this in a way that people normally wouldn't react to he's just slowly make an acceptance of what's going on in his body. I love it in the bike chase where there are parts of Venom that come to his aid in the whole drone chase that goes on where the uh, Life Foundation is trying to get a hold of Eddie to get the parasite out of him and the parasite protects him in these wild ways that has Eddie so amused and he's like wow I didn't know that could happen. (laughs) For someone like me that writes dark humor that is very pleasant. I love stuff where people have a very casual reaction to something that shouldn't be taken so casually. It's wonderful. There's something to be said about movies that have a plot regarding someone talking to something that isn't there, whether it's a cartoon or a symbiote or a ghost or something, knowing that what we see on the screen looks so real, but then knowing outside the screen, it's someone talking to nothing. Nothing is there at all, which shows you how great the performance is that we really believe something's there, that this character is talking to this other character. I haven't, I didn't really think about this until just now, but this could rival the performance of Bob Hoskins in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He did so fantastic in really making you believe that all the cartoon characters were there. And think about that with Tom Hardy's performance as Eddie Brock. I remember there's a video that Watch Mojo did a while back where they talked about the way Tom Hardy's performance was inspired by Red and Stimpy, which I mentioned earlier, but how people were so impressed how he was able to do this character so it made it easier in their process to animate Venom around him. This kind of is on par with Eddie Valiant from... Oh my god, I just realized that Eddie's there. You have Eddie Brock, Eddie Valiant. Wow, that just... Wow, I'm really glad that I noticed that just now. I really do believe you are a fantastic actor if that can be pulled off to do the timing of talking to someone that isn't even there and making sure it's with such volition that you truly believe that there is someone there. I don't know if I could really pull that off myself as I'm kind of like a so-so actress when it comes to certain projects that I do, but to make sure that I make the eye contact with something that isn't even there and talking with such volition, that's got to be a tough thing to do. Now, I've talked about how Eddie Brock is portrayed. I want to talk about how Eddie Brock has been written. This is a different Eddie Brock. We've had Topher Grace's Eddie Brock where he's like this 
prick, but he felt like a stale prick. They didn't do a lot of writing on him. And it's sad because, like I said, Topher Grace, God bless him, he's really trying to carry this whole thing and trying out something different. It just wasn't the type of villain for him and the type of, like, scuzzwad character. Eddie Brock is kind of a balanced character where, yes, he does do some scuzzy things and... Yeah, he does have a lot of faults to him, but they're humane faults to him. That you do truly see he feels bad about the actions that he's done. That maybe he didn't think things through, but he feels guilty in the end. He is a very tragic character, and I didn't see a lot of tragicness with all the ways he was portrayed in the Spider-Man series or the Spider-Man movie. But finally, taking Spider-Man out of the spotlight, you can really concentrate on Venom's character. With this version of Eddie Brock being very headstrong, ambitious, self-centered, but then also aware that his self-centeredness does make him lose the things he loves because of his choices, all of these attributes... It strangely complements it when it does happen when Venom takes him over. This isn't just some random guy that's in it for the chaos, like Venom's in it for the whole chaos and trying to eat people's brains and take over the world. The way they wrote Eddie Brock and the way they wrote Venom, it has a strange complement to each other that makes this whole thing balance out. And you want to see... How does Eddie Brock get used to Venom being in his body? And how does Venom learn about humans? And that is kind of the perfect first introduction to being human is through Eddie Brock. Venom couldn't have picked a better choice. Well, there were several different hosts on the way to Eddie Brock. Like I've mentioned with the way Eddie Brock is relatably flawed and humane, this does teach Venom what in the world humans are like on Earth. They're not just people that are eaten. They're flawed, compassionate, hardworking, and selfless. Something that Venom has never known, and what a heck of a way for him to learn that through someone like Eddie Brock. You can really concentrate now on Eddie Brock's character, that you get to know him now as Eddie Brock before you see him as Venom which really makes Eddie Brock a very complex character. There's a lot of dimension to him than just being the guy that got fired at the Daily Bugle, and now he becomes Venom. There's a lot more to him about his relationship with Anne. You get to see some of the problems he went through. And I love the fact that this is a not-so-pristine Eddie Brock. Between the one movie and then the TV series, you kind of just saw him as this, like, blonde buff guy, or you see him as this, like, blonde stylish guy. Like, I love the fact that Eddie Brock just looks gross and stressed. I have never related more to a Marvel character in my life than Eddie Brock right there. I'm like, that is me right there. Just gross and nasty and sweaty and stressed. I love it. And there are a lot of people on Tumblr that have also commented that too, that they love the fact that this is not a sexy character, even though, yes, I'll admit that, like, Tom Hardy is a very handsome-looking man. They're not trying to play up, like, sexual appeal or anything. Like, he doesn't take his shirt off. He is just straight-up stressed and living in the same clothes. 
and I like the fact that he's very grungy looking. Even though it's before he was infected by the symbiote, still, like, I like the fact that he's very stripped down and very grungy-like, and I've never seen an Eddie Brock character that truly felt real. At some point, I will do a episode about Venom versus Carnage. I don't think I really want to go into it this episode. Otherwise, this would be a very long episode. And I kind of want to just keep the concentration about how Venom truly began with the initial reaction that people really weren't looking forward to it and then did not know what to make of it afterwards. And it's so funny, even as I'm recording this episode... There are people taking back what they said about Venom, and they're welcoming the fact that this can be accepted a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even before they finally did put uh, Eddie Brock into the Marvel Cinematic Universe after the last movie that came out, where they did a Easter egg that did show, hey, look who's joining the family now, we got him now, um, that we'll get to see Venom with... Spider-Man, and the other villains of Spider-Man, I don't know what they have planned for in the whole Spider-Man universe, or if they're going to put Venom with something else related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe with the next movies that they're putting out. It could be a part of WandaVision. There are a lot of potentially good things they could do with the fact that they can take time to put Venom somewhere. With the way the writing is going now with the Marvel movies, it is like the perfect timing to go ahead and get Venom into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and just have fun with it. It's going to be fantastic, and I can't wait. So in conclusion, Venom was quite the surprise that people didn't see coming, that even though the initial census of the societal impact of the way people have reviewed Venom is very negatively, if you go on Wikipedia and it says has negative reviews, it just goes to show... You can't always believe what you read when it comes to movie reviews. That, like I've said in every episode, you choose how you want to be entertained. The way people look at Venom, the way I look at Venom, the way other people look at Venom is way different than other ways that people have looked at Venom. There are people that just straight up had fun with the movie. They didn't critique it. They just wanted to have fun. And that's really what it is. Venom is a fun movie. If you haven't seen Venom yet, oh my god. This is like the perfect movie for people that aren't really comic book fans. And if they are comic book fans, they really can't fault this one too much. It's really hard to have to fault a movie like that. Besides, it is a pretty hard movie because we have Tom Hardy in it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was a good joke. That was terrible. That was the perfect way to end this episode. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I had such a fun time talking about the whole thing about Venom. Like, I wish that you all could see the big, goofy, cheesy grin I have in my face. I think my face is going to freeze, and I think I'm going to end up smiling just like Venom now. Just, you know, big, toothy, scary grin. <laughs> okay, so now... If you are new to the show, then I'm going to go ahead and explain how it works for the next episode. 
I have a bit of a lotto system. I don't know what the next episode is going to be. I have written down a whole bunch of episodes that I have planned to do, and it is going to be drawn at random, so it's going to be like a non-lethal hunger game. So now, let's see what the next episode's going to be. Oh my god, pieces flying everywhere. Oh dear. Okay, what do I got? Oh dear. Whoa, it's hooked onto something. What is this going to be? Oh my. It's... Ah! One of my favorite movies! Alright, ladies and gentlemen and my non-binary babes. The next episode on the Screen Queen is going to be the movie In the Line of Fire. If there's anyone out there that's heard of that movie, you're amazing. And if you haven't heard of this movie, oh my goodness... You are in for a treat because you're about to have something that you are definitely going to be watching by the end of the next episode. All right. Thank you so much for listening, my screen babies. You take care now. Stay awesome. Stay amazing. And have a marvelous day. Okay. <laughs> take care. Bye-bye.